Welcome once again to another high-flying episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Grab your board, catch a wave, and see what the latest trends are in sales pipeline growth and development with Matt Hines. Welcome, Matt. How are we doing, Paul? Welcome, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's uh, it's fun to be back. I know we took last week off from Sales Pipeline Radio. We were uh, taking some time with family, and I uh, got to go down to Arizona and spend some time with uh, family, see a little college football. There you go. And uh, Yeah, but excited to be back. Excited to be back in a new year, and I'm um, excited to be back with you here. Don't talk about Radio. college football. I started off the year. I'm a Michigan U of M fan. I thought we were going to go all the way to the national championship, and phooey. And then uh, Ohio State, how well, okay, at least it's a Big Ten. Fooey. I'm just, uh, college football didn't work for me this year. Yeah, how'd Penn State do in the Rose Bowl? <laughs> Fooey. Fooey, yeah. There was a, <laughs> you know, arguably, you know what, screw it. Let's just talk about college football. <laughs> Let's this do it, because be, uh, this is a very uh, upsetting subject this time yeah, of year. Yeah, Don, for I hope that's okay with you. So we, uh, basically, we're, um, there was, you know, the Big Ten was arguably the best conference in college football. This year. The what SEC everybody thought, was, yeah. You know, kind of beat themselves up as they sometimes do. The Pac-10 was kind of down, uh, but in the regular season, you know, the the Big Ten had two to three teams that could legitimately have made a case to be in the top four in the playoffs, and um, you know, all three of those teams <laughs> lost. Uh, you know, Michigan had another maybe, maybe questionable call if you thought that that offsides was real. You know, Penn State played in what could what I think is one of the best, what probably was the best college football game played this season, and it definitely was one of the best Rose Bowls of all time. And then Ohio State just laid a stinker. Yeah, surprisingly. Um, yeah, right. New Year's Eve. Now, I was actually I was actually at that game. Uh, that was, so my dad's retired outside of Arizona, and I was able to go to the Fiesta Bowl. And uh, you know, I am a, so I'm a I'm a University of Washington uh, Husky. I'm an alum. I've been a season ticket holder for 20 plus years. Did not get to make it out to the Peach Bowl, uh, but did get to watch it on the big screen. And then got to see Ohio State and Clemson. I think the highlight for me of that trip was not just seeing it, just a you know college football semifinal, which was great, but it might have been the Ohio band. Uh, not <laughs> only because they're just one of the best bands, college bands in the country. Um, they did script Ohio, which if you're a college football fan, you know it's a very big deal. And their their halftime performance is just I mean, I just I've never seen a band do some of the stuff that they've done on the field in terms of the things that just the animated Not much consolation play. for us uh, Big Ten fans to say we got good bands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know the, uh, the the football team was terrible, but boy, that band! I'll tell you what. Uh, well, enough of that. Let's get your friend on here and talk about real stuff that uh, really impacts the world, not this nonsense that we think uh, we call football. Oh, speak for yourself, man. I, mean, I think it's just uh, this could be sales pipe radio. Someone told me um, we should rename the show, like you know, the Michael Jordan show or something like it. it basically, call it like the Sports Michael Jordan talk. show, or call it the LeBron James show. And like this is LeBron James show. This is Matt Hines sitting in for LeBron James again this week. Uh, you know, That'd be clever. It. I never thought of that. Yeah, right. Uh, boy, we are so off track. What a way to start the year. But yeah, no. I, for those of you that are still listening, <laughs> thank you for joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio. If you're listening to us live, thank you very much for finding us. You can find us live every Thursday at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. Uh, you can also find us uh, on demand through our podcast uh, at the iTunes Store and at Google Play. You can just look up Sales Pipeline Radio. Thank you for those of you that are listening there. And uh, you can find all of our past episodes and subscribe and learn more about us at salespipelineradio.com. In addition do college football uh, highlights. We uh, we regularly feature uh, high, uh, thought leaders, authors, and others that can talk about what's happening today in B2B sales and marketing. We call it Sales Pipeline Radio 
because what really matters for sales and marketing is building and converting on that sales pipeline. Uh, you can't buy a beer with a marketing qualified lead. So even on the marketing side, we're thinking in terms of the revenue and business impact that uh, that, that companies are having to, to drive new revenue and sales. And excited today to feature as our first guest of 2017, someone who I consider a friend, a mentor, uh, who has been a, a, a partner and a supplier for us. I've hired him numerous times when I was in-house. He's been a research partner of ours for the entire time we've had Heinz Marketing and just an all-around great guy. So just really Humbled that he would join us, especially on our first episode for 2017. Don Gregory, uh, the founder of On Demand Consulting. Don, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. Good to talk to you. Any, anything you want to add to the college football conversation before we move on? No, I'm a, I'm a college basketball fan, and my Gonzaga uh, team is ranked number five. So that's the only thing that I can, that I can claim at this point. Yeah, I, as, my, as much as I am into college football, college basketball is a is a blind spot to me. I don't follow it at all, so we'll uh, we'll have to get into that um, some other time. But excited to have you on. I mean, you you bring such an interesting perspective to the marketing world, and I just I love working with you and 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 just sometimes just listening to you talk, and especially listening to you ask questions in meetings, ask questions of companies as they're thinking through some of their marketing challenges. Talk. Just to start off, just talk a little bit about your background and sort of your your approach to, to marketing and consulting today. Yeah, I'd be glad to. I, I grew up in the advertising agency world uh, with a number of agencies, went to the client side, rose to senior-level marketing positions. Probably the company most known for that would be the Clorox Corporation. And during all of that time, I was responsible for uh, building brands, taking products to market, and realized very quickly that nobody did it really well. So uh, at one point I said, I'm going to go do it by myself. I'm going to provide uh, consulting and market research uh, to clients who are interested in really trying to understand what it takes to generate customers, create customer loyalty, set yourself apart from the competition, in essence be smarter and uh, more nimble than your, your competitors, and trying to find out how to uh, uh, generate customers, create product and service interest, and uh, transition that into dollars and revenue growth. So I want to talk a little more about sort of the the importance of gathering market insights, market intelligence, doing research to understand what the market's interested in. Because I I think we're living in a world today, in the business world, that that is – that, that is 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 thinking of agility as a replacement of strategy, uh, and I think you've got a lot of companies that are saying, you know, we're just going to throw something out there, we're going to break some glass, we're going to see what works, we're going to use our intuition to build products and positioning, and eschew the the notion that we need to have insights and intelligence at the beginning of that process. I don't I don't necessarily subscribe to that, but I wanted to get your take on that. Talk about the importance of having those insights at the front of the process to guide and help navigate product development, uh, message development, etc. Well, it's, it's a risk-reward equation. If you are highly confident that you know your customer, you know your marketplace, your competition, emerging trends with your consumers, you could argue that you don't need to get insight. Um, early on in the process of you know going to market and figuring out how to take products and services to market, the reality is that most companies and most leaders really don't have that insight. The, the, what makes it worse is that many of the companies, in my opinion, who are providing uh, market research, are providing facts and data. They're really not driving to try to understand the consumer, 
what the consumer is looking for, whether it be B2B, B2C, that really does not make any difference. The process is the same, but, but they're not going to the depth of insight and questioning and really trying to understand what that marketplace, that those consumers, again, B2B or B2C, are really looking for. And therefore, the, the risk there is, on both cases, if you don't do the research, you're shooting into, you know, into the blue sky, in my opinion. And if the research is not done well, you are assuming that you have insight and knowledge that you really don't because you really didn't do the research with the right rigor and right question pathways to get to the depth of insight that you're looking for. As you know, the difference between success and failure is often a very fine line, and it's a very fine line around really understanding what the consumer wants and and the degree of how much they want it and what it's going to take to transition them from being a potential prospect to a customer. And if I just provide you with lots of insight and data, here's everything you need to know about your customer without going to the really depth, the next depth in that investigation to try to understand what's really going on that you can take advantage of in messaging, in product definition, in product building that really incites them and and intrigues them with your product. If, If you do not get intrigued, when you are taking products to market or services to market, I think you failed at the outset. You have to create intrigue. Talking to Don Gregory today on Sales Pipeline Radio, who's the founder of On Target Consulting and uh, is a particular expert and advocate around the idea of market insights, market intelligence, and really building product strategy, go-to-market strategy, and informing your sales and marketing efforts based on uh, the, you know what the market is is telling you in an unbiased way. And you mentioned uh, you know a little earlier the idea of rigor and discipline and how you do this. Um, could you talk to me before we get to jump to commercial here in a second? But talk a little about methodology. Um, you know, why is it so important to make sure you're approaching this research right? Why can't, you know, and maybe the different way of asking that is that why is it sometimes dangerous to have uh, company insiders do their own research? They're biased to start with. I, I mean, and, and they don't know that they are. Many, if I do the research completely inside and go out, I bring a natural bias to me, with me, as I do that investigation. And the rigor has to be impartial. It has to be neutral. When I'm looking for an answer to a question, I have to have integrity in process and in in actions to make sure that I work to get an honest answer to what I'm looking for um, versus here's my assumption on what the answer is. Therefore, I'm going to ask the question to assume and get the answer that I'm looking for. And it's subtle because when you're on the inside, I don't think you understand that that bias that you carry, and that's why I think the rigor from having somebody or some organization from the outside who has the expertise in looking in in, at business situations as well as the business savvy to really look and understand sort of what the key questions are. And once you understand what the key questions or areas of investigation are, then to effectively find out the answers to those questions. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's the it's not only sort of coming up with the right questions uh, and the way that you address those questions, but also the interpretation of the data that you get on the back end to make sure you're interpreting that in an unbiased way and not steering that towards an outcome or a narrative that you wish that you had, that you want to have, that you want to confirm. And if you're doing research simply to confirm a notion uh, that you already have, really, really easy to slide into a biased way of doing that. We're going to have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more time with uh, Don Gregory. We're going to talk about some of the things that are working today, some of the channels, some of the techniques that are working to gather insight both uh, up front as well as on an ongoing basis. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. We'll be right back. This is Sales Pipeline Radio. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion? That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem, and it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, Marketing. Whether you're producing a seminar series, user's conference, lunch and learn, or exhibiting at a trade show, Validar has a solution. From capturing leads at trade shows to managing on-site registration, tracking session attendance, gathering information, and providing sponsors lead retrieval, we have a full suite of solutions for you. Since 2005, Validar has been turning corporate events and trade shows into better business. Call 888-784-2929. Or visit us at Validar.com. All right, let's pick it back up with Matt and his guest. Awesome. Thanks very much, Paul. Well, thanks very much again for joining us Sales Pipeline Radio. If this is your first time, I promise we don't go so non-sequitur at the beginning of every session to make sure we get maximum time for our great sales and marketing guests. Speaking of great sales and marketing guests, if you want to hear some of our past amazing guests and our interviews with them, you can check those out anytime on demand at salespipelineradio.com. Or if you download the subscribe to our podcast feed on the iTunes Store or Google Play, you'll have access to all those as well. Coming up as we continue into January 2017, Next week, January 12th, we've got Grant Cardone. I am really excited to feature Grant. Grant has been a sales influencer, sales speaker, and author for a long time. He's got a lot of great insights. to talk to Grant. In a couple of weeks, we've got John Miller, who is uh, an early executive from Epiphany, who was one of the co-founders of Marketo and is now running a company called uh, Engageo, which is doing some great account-based marketing work, great new platform. If you're doing uh, target account selling, you might want to look at that. Uh, but we've got a lot of great guests coming up, but we'll have plenty more time here with Don Gregory, who is the founder of On Target Consulting and is really a sort of expert, a leading expert in the industry on market insights, market intelligence. Um, I'm curious, Don, like what, you know, if, assuming that we, we have the right approach, we're prioritizing those market insights, 
you know, we're ensuring that we've got an unbiased view and they're creating uh, sort of an infrastructure and a, and a question set that ensures we're getting getting good intelligence back. I mean, are we are we going back to some of the same channels? I mean, I mean, back when I was at Microsoft, you know, we would do a lot of focus groups together. Are people still doing focus groups? Have those been replaced with other channels? What's a, what are some of the effective means by which you're, you're gathering this intelligence today? Focus groups are still used. I think, in my opinion, they're their life cycle in many cases is really towards the end of the life cycle. We use, on our end, we use executive interviews. We use a lot of web survey, and at times, based on the, what the need is and the complexity of getting to people, we'll do outbound telephone surveys. I've actually found that web surveys for uh, actually work very well. Uh, if you have the right question pathways and the right questions, you can... Um, leverage web surveys to gain a lot of information uh, from a wide group of people. Sometimes it's not the depth of information that you need, but it starts your direction and your pathway going in the right area. Uh, And that's why when we do a lot of our work, we do both quantitative work, again, via web or phone, and then qualitative. Uh, Depending on the complexity of the issue and the challenge, we've actually worked kind of outbound and done one-on-one executive interviews with key people within the segment that we're working for to try to get the depth of insight. Web surveys can provide, again, a sort of a wide range of top-line insights, and here's what's taking place at a high level. If you're really interested in finding out really what's going on, you have to marry that with some quantitative research. And again, focus groups can be used. Uh, They're difficult in managing them and recruiting, and I don't think they deliver as much value as they once did which is why we moved uh, to a lot of executive interviews um, spend 50 to 20 minutes if you have the right questions in place. Uh, talking to the right decision maker, you can gain all sorts of insight and the depth of insight that you can't with some other focus groups or some other research forms. Now, what about, you know, the, 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 uh, the just the reams of data we now have available about companies, about people, about what they're doing. I'm thinking both about just the, the the access to big data historically, as well as sort of the on so the ongoing real time stream of insights on companies, on people. Is, is it can we? I'm not saying that those are necessarily a replacement of the channels that you're talking about, because I mean you can obviously customize what you're asking, and get really really very precise feedback. But how much do you now look at some of these new channels that give us access to greater data as a source of insights as well? It depends, Matt. It depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking at a high-level insight and information sort of as a foundation to the investigative process, those work. If I'm looking at a, I've got a really tricky situation, an emerging product with a very select customer group or uh, decision makers, that kind of insight really doesn't help you. You've got to get to the person or to the to the channel that's really making the decision and has influence on decision and, and get insight from them. So if I'm looking at high-level trends, trying to understand some information, yeah, some of that work that's out there can be very effective, but it doesn't get to the level of what I call intimacy of insight. Mm-hmm. It, if, I'm, if I'm really measure, you know, betting the farm, that this really has to be successful. I have to get to those key decision makers and people who are influencers and and investigate what their thoughts, needs, and emotions are. It's it's an intimacy play. You've got to get a person to be feel comfortable enough or a group of people to feel comfortable enough and respected enough 
that they will give you the insight and information <coughs> to help you be successful as you go back out to them. So let's say you spend, you spend the time, you, you develop these insights, you use that to <clears throat> inform your messaging and for your product strategy. As soon as you capture that information, that information starts to go stale. Um, and what frequency should companies consider updating uh, the, you know, and recapturing insights from the market to ensure what they're looking at is fresh and relevant on a more regular basis? Good question. Um, you're right. There's a lot of companies that once they, once they have that information, it, they get comfortable with it and, and it becomes sort of the, the, um, the standard bearer. Two things that I would drive. Number one is if I'm in a rapidly emerging category or industry, I've got to be proactive in going out and getting consumer insight and customer insights on a frequent basis. And whether that's six months, yearly, it depends on how rapidly or how unstable that marketplace is. Um, if I have new competitors coming in or if I'm changing some key elements within what I'm delivering to the consumer, I have to do it frequently. It doesn't have to be high cost, and that's why I drive back to web surveys to, to sometimes to sort of get a barometer of what's taking place and what the market is telling you and what your customers are telling you. If, if you have a good barometer in place that says they're, they're satisfied, they're continuing to, to, to feel good about what we're delivering to them, they see the value in it, it's serving them, that's a great answer, and there's there's no downside of going out, let's say, every six months to a year and getting that that feedback. It's no harm, no foul. It, it's good news. But, again, when you start to see something within the marketplace that causes potential shift in what your customers think and how they look at your products, you have to be very proactive as quickly as possible to gain that insight. And is it, is it possible, I mean, I think, you know, normally I assume when you're working with a company, you've got sort of a champion internally that's sort of managing that with you. Is it is it possible to have someone internally that, that is that, that can maintain a level of uh, sort of independence that, that can help, that can manage and gather some of this content on a regular basis? Or is this truly uh, something that has to be managed externally? Maybe. I, I, I'm thinking back, there's a couple of internal people that I work with that, come at it from a very unbiased, impartial point of view, so it can be done. The, the issue is even more than that. It's the tyranny of the urgent, Matt. When you're working inside of the organization, you're always putting out fires. You're always in a defensive position, and, and I'm overstating that, but that happens more often than you have the ability to be proactive and think ahead, and that's why mm-hmm. utilizing an outside resource or group of resources that understand your business, that understand your market, that can serve that sort of that that intelligence arm of your business to provide that insight to you so that you don't have to be the frontline soldier or soldiers trying to gather that information. So even if you had the independent part of the organization functioning within the organization, the tyranny of the urgent, in my observation and opinion, always puts negative pressure on that process in one way, shape, or form. So, what, what are some as we wrap up here on Sales Pipeline Radio with Don Gregory, founder of uh, you know on, on on Target Insights and Research uh, Consulting? What are some places people can look to learn a little more about this? I, you know, I think there's a, increasingly we're seeing some really smart, really successful marketers that don't have you know don't necessarily have an MBA, don't have necessarily sort of the educational background where they might have learned about how to do some of this. You know, what are some of the things that you still learn from? I mean, it can be you know, obviously included some of the insights on your website, but what else do you recommend people learn or pay attention to to learn more? about this? Hmm, interesting question. 
I, I would say that you need to continue look at companies that are successful, study them and understand what they've done internally uh, to drive their engines. Business success is a process. It's not an event. And anything that companies can learn around what's the process of taking product or service, being very effective in taking it to market, gaining the insights that you need to gain, find those companies and look at it that way. So I, I don't know if there's any magic publication or website or anything that you can go to. I would look at it a different way. I would say look at the companies that seem to be one or two steps ahead of the curve and do everything that you can to find out what those companies are doing to stay one or two steps ahead because they've got the, they've got the secret sauce. They've figured it out. Be proactive. Final question for Don Gregory here. Uh, thanks very much for joining us today again, Don, on Sales Pipeline. My final question is about West Coast bias, especially in college athletics. So Gonzaga, right? You could argue that they are the Duke of the of the West. Why is Duke not the Gonzaga uh, of the East? And, 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 and why, after so many years of Gonzaga just dominating college basketball and consistently being a ranked team at a small school, uh, you know, you could argue they have a lot of disadvantages. Why does that bias still exist, and 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 what is that? Where do you predict uh, Gonzaga is going to end up here once we get into March? You know, this year I actually predict. I'll start with the outset. I actually predict that Gonzaga is doing pretty is going to go pretty far this year. They've got a pretty good talent pool. The, the reality is that Gonzaga plays a relatively easy schedule for much of the year. Uh, maybe not as easy as some, and I think they take they take it. That, that doesn't serve them well. Uh, this year, I actually think they'll be pretty well. They've got a, a number of transfers in, the season guys. You know, when you watch them play, they have nine guys that can play with anybody in the nation anytime. So, go Gonzaga. Go Zags. All right, well, on that note, I want to thank Don Gregory for joining us today on Sales Pipeline Radio. If you want to learn more about Don, uh, Don, tell us what you where, what's the best way for people to learn more about you, get a hold of you if they have questions. Yeah, just go to our website, uh, www.ontargetnow.com, or uh, that's probably the best way, uh, and uh, go from there. We've got ways that you can get in touch with us, and we'd be glad to answer any questions you have and answer and see if there's a way that we can help you. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Don. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today on Sales Pipeline Radio. Look forward to seeing you again live next week, every Thursday at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. Uh, join us next week live. We've got Grant Cardone, uh, who is a well-known, famous, infamous uh, sales author, trainer, coach. Uh, should be an amazing conversation. I'm really looking forward to that. Make sure, if you like what you hear today, whether it's the sales or marketing insights or the college commentary, uh, join us on the podcast as well, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, love to get your subscription there, get your get your uh, reviews. You can also check out all of our past episodes, any future episodes at salespipelineradio.com. That's it for today. This is Matt Hines. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you next week on Sales Pipeline Radio. Once again, you've been learning all about the sales pipeline and all that goes into it to keep it flowing and going with the world's one expert, Matt Hines from Hines Marketing. 